From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Well, thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hiya to those tuning in on one of our affiliate stations across North America, those streaming us on our YouTube channel, Strange Planet, those of you in the YouTube live chat who join us every week without fail, those who catch this show as a podcast, which is uh, available wherever fine podcasts are found. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Open lines this hour. And I've said it many times, we don't get to do open lines nearly enough, but tonight is the night. Yes, indeed, just you, me, and the telephone, friends. And I am game for just about anything, keeping in mind this is the conspiracy show. So I'm not going to entertain calls about sports. I do love to talk political intrigue and subterfuge backstage in the global theater, as my good friend media scientist Nelson Thal likes to call it. I'm also receptive to calls about the strange and the unexplained. If you have a story you think might raise the hackles on the back of my neck, well, then I am all ears. Yes, indeed. So, let me give you the numbers. Just about any place on the planet, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Now, while I'm waiting for the phone lines to fill up, this would be a good time to give you a heads up on uh, next week's program. Next week, the visit from one of our relatively new regular contributors, the discoverer of reverse speech, David John Oates, will be here. He joins us in the first half of the first hour, the first segment, really. And uh, he'll bring along some more reversals live from his home in Australia. And I have to tell you, I'm getting a lot of emails from listeners about this segment. I mean, it would appear, based on the uh, the voluminous mail, that many, many, many of you are enjoying these reversals. In fact, this past week, I posted to my various social media platforms a link to a recent episode of David's podcast, Reverse Speech Radio. And the episode features reverse speech of serial killer Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, serial killer. And boy, did I get a big response from that. Uh, people are uh, finding that particular episode of Reverse Speech Radio, listening to it, and uh, are just uh, amazed, shocked, and so forth, what they're hearing. In fact, Reverse Speech Radio, they've done an entire series on uh, various uh, serial killers, John Wayne Gacy, um, uh, and uh, other, well, Jimmy Savile, of course, the uh, the pedophile. Uh, from the United Kingdom, Jeffrey Epstein, on and on it goes. So David John Oates joins us uh, next Sunday in the first hour. I'm not sure what he's bringing along. Last month, he brought along some uh, uh, amazing reversals from our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. So we will see what's in his bag of tricks next week. Also next week, Don Jeffries, the author of Hidden History, and uh, his newest book, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, 
he will return to the program. We've been kind of slowly working through uh, our way through his book. It's a hefty tome, I have to tell you. Well, you can imagine nearly 300 years of history. And uh, he's been on uh, this program. He's also been on my podcast. And as I say, we're kind of slowly working our way through it. So, Don, if we if we could do a show once a week, every week with Don Jeffries on this book, we would fill up easily a year's worth of shows. Anyway, we'll cram as much as we can into about 90 minutes. Don Jeffries, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963. That's next week. And then the following week, Thomas Horn, longtime author, broadcaster, uh, the CEO of Skywatch TV. He's a publisher. You may be familiar, familiar with uh, Defender Press. Uh, now Thomas was uh, Thomas Horn was originally scheduled uh, to be on for tonight for two hours, uh, but he had to reschedule on his end, and uh, so he's scheduled for two weeks from tonight. And we'll discuss his new book, Thomas Horn's new book that is causing quite a storm, the Wormwood. Prophecy, NASA, Donald Trump, and a cosmic cover-up of end-time proportions. That's quite a title. Title, uh, The Wormwood Prophecy. Uh, that's Thomas Horn coming up in two weeks. All right. Let us launch into uh, 55 minutes of open lines. And we will begin with Bonnie from Mississauga. Good evening. Good morning, Bonnie. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm doing pretty well for 87 years old, who never misses your program. I oh, might not God bless you. I might not understand the subject matter, but I still listen and hope for the best, you know. But, oh, God bless you. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, I'm very nervous, so forgive me if I start to stammer. Bonnie, uh, you don't need me, to be um, nervous. You don't need to be nervous. CSs. And, uh, and there was many movies in there, but there were some tape documentaries, and one was called... Uh, Blair Witch Project. Have you heard of that one back in 1994? Well, yes, I, I, I remember going to see that. It was a work of fiction. It was supposed to look like a documentary, oh, Bonnie, really? but it wasn't really. Yeah, they made it look like a documentary, uh, but it's more what they call a, I don't know what the word for that is. It's not a mockumentary, but it's, it's a faux documentary. It's shot in a particular style. And they make it, I mean, it was very convincing. You're right. Oh my it was very goodness convincing. gracious, because I still wanted to know what they, if they ever found anything about that project. So and did you, you went, you watched that at home, did you, or? No, I watched it on some kind of a documentary that had been taped by the person who gave me all these oh, I see. things. Okay. So it wasn't for real then. Okay, well, thank you. Well, well, that's all right. That one wasn't particularly for real. But, you know, who knows, you know, Bonnie, that there may be others. Obviously, there are many, many strange and unexplained things that happen to people alone in the woods at night. You can well imagine. Oh, yes. Well, anyway, I, I appreciate your taking the time to take the call. And I'm wishing you and your family the best of everything in the new year and a Merry Christmas and all that jazz. Uh, Merry Christmas and all that jazz. God bless you, Bonnie. Eighty-seven years young, and listens every week. Thank you so much for your your uh, your okay. support. I appreciate thank, that. Thank you very much again. Right. Bye bye. All right. You have a good night. Uh, God bless her. Uh, James from Toronto is joining us. James, good morning. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Thank you, Mister Serrett. You know, ET might be responsible for creating us 
almost 13.5 or 13 or 14 billion years ago. Some might think, right? Um, that's one are, theory, yes. Yes, yeah, that's a possible theory. And there are other possible theories. But I was just pondering this while I was listening to you. Uh, and the Earth is about, what, 4 billion years old? On the order of 4, yeah. 4.5 billion, correct. Billion, I guess, or 500 million. But the universe, I'm talking more specifically about the universe. Now, if E.T. were responsible for the creation of the Big Bang way back then, I was thinking 15 billion years or 13.5 billion years, that's a long time. You, <laughs> you, would, think, yes. you would think that there, they might... The possibility they might be long gone, dead, gone. Because I know the human race is not going to last 13 billion years. They're not going to even last maybe 1,000 years or 10,000 years. So 13 billion years, I doubt if if the possibility that E.T. created us, they're, they're not around no more. We're, we're alone. We're alone. Well, I happen to believe we are alone, at least in this dimension. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't curry me much favor with the uh, the UFO community. That's right. Me now, too. something you said is interesting that, you know, if they created us, right. uh, and then who created them? That's true. Uh, That's- you see, so uh, that doesn't, you know, rule out the existence of a higher being. Well, and aliens, I mean, if they created the universe, that means that they exist outside of time and space. That's true. Which means that they are not physical entities. They are not extraterrestrials. They would have to be considered interdimensionals, which is more along the lines of my thinking. I think the pilots of these craft, if we're not talking about, you know, uh, a special access program, a a black op, a sophisticated uh, piece of aircraft that was made by human hands... Mm -hmm. If, which I think accounts for about 90% of the sightings these days, including these large triangular craft. If we're not talking about those, I think what's piloting these uh, these UFOs, these unidentified aerial phenomena, I think they're interdimensional. They could be from another dimension. But yes, like the, ang- the angelic realm. Perhaps. Maybe, but I think those ETs that might have created us 15 or 13.5 billion years ago from the Big Bang mm-hmm. Theory, they could be completely gone. But there might be other ones out there. But, you know, I, that's what I was thinking about that when I was listening to you. That could be a possibility. Right. Sure, sure. I mean, if you consider that if there were other uh, life forms, sentient, rational uh, life forms in the universe, intelligence in other words, yep. the the odds that that their civilization would coincide with ours, I mean, we have existed... Uh, but uh, but the wink of an eye oh, yeah. in cosmic terms. So you're right. Were, if they are, I think I was no. I was I was listening to the show and they're saying that we're only like three seconds into the whole expansion of the universe. Like the whole the whole universe is like ninety billion years light years across. And I heard someone mention that we're only like three seconds into that time period. Yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable. You know, three seconds, not much. Tiny seconds. I enjoy your show, Richard. I listen to you every Sunday, and it's even a greater pleasure when I can hear you on coast. So, ah, well, thank it. you very much, James. Both, Take care, man. I, Bye. Good to hear from you. I'll be back in the uh, the coast air chair Saturday, December the eighth, and Sunday. Sorry, Saturday, December seventh, and uh, Sunday, December the eighth. Ah, think of come to think of it, both both big anniversaries. The seventh, of course, the uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor, 
that would be 70, the 78th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. And, uh, December 8th, of course, will be the 39th anniversary of the, um, the murder of John Lennon. All right. Uh, let's see. Who do we have next? We have, is it Maureen from Barry? Is it Maureen? Yeah, it is. Hey, Maureen. Welcome aboard. How are you? Okay. Um, last time I spoke to you was kind of something weird and something weird again, but, um, I have had dreams where they are so real that you swear you're loving them. And, uh, it isn't until you wake up that you realize, no, this didn't really happen, eh? Now, a couple of weeks like, ago, I fell, right. fell asleep, and I was woken up with the ringing of my phone. Well, I live in the basement apartment, and, you know, uh, the other tenants and that, if they figure them out, they have no problems with coming down into my place and that. But anyhow, as I'm fiddling around trying to find my phone and that to answer it, I see someone come down the stairs and head into my bathroom. So I finally get the phone, and the phone hasn't rang. There was no call, no activity on the phone for like two days. So I get up, and I'm not scared as I am perturbed that someone's snooping around downstairs, eh? Go into the bathroom, there's no one there. <laughs> and there's no way for them to get out of the bathroom without my right, seeing them. right. So uh, the the phone didn't ring and there was no one in your apartment. Yeah, nothing, eh? And yes, so you. It was like so you, I don't remember so waking up. That's the big part. Like I mean, usually you and I have one of those dreams. Like no, when I'm awake. Right. And this time I didn't. It's just like just carrying on. Either it was all reality or <laughs> all been a dream for the last couple of weeks or something. Right. Dreams are funny things, aren't they? Especially yeah. uh, when you when you do something called lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of lucid dreaming? Yeah. A, lu- a lucid dream, yeah, it seems so real. And uh, it's almost like you can take control of your dream. And uh, I've had a, a, a couple lucid dreams, not very often. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, not common with me, but... Uh and I've also had dreams where I, I have memories, in fact. I have memories. I wonder if this mm-hmm. has happened to you, Maureen. You get to a certain age, and I can no longer remember whether it's an actual memory or it's something that I dreamt. Has that happened to you? Um, there are things that I wonder about. As I said, this was only, this was only a sh- couple of weeks ago that this happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as I said, it's just, it's just odd that I... Don't remember waking up. Like, I mean, as I said, I've had lucid dreams before, and uh, when I wake up, I realize, okay, yeah, that dream was scary because it was so real. But this one, right. I don't even remember waking up. Like, it's just, uh, but isn't it odd that that the the incident it coincided? The, you you thought the phone rang, and then there was someone in the apartment. It's almost like the phone was ringing to warn you. Yeah. And yet, as I said, there was no phone call and there was no one in my uh, apartment. Hmm. All right, Maureen, next time you have one of those strange dreams, you give me a call, okay? Yeah, I'll let you know. All right. Hey, Sweet dreams. Have a, have a nice dream tonight. Yeah, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. 
I hope Maureen has a dream where she's got a nice one of those fruity drinks with a, the umbrella in it, you know, a nice cocktail, and she's in a chaise long, somewhere in a, a nice stretch of white sand, overlooking a tropical sea, turquoise. She looks down into the water and she can see starfish and sea turtles. It's a gentle breeze, maybe the slight scent of jasmine in the air. That's the kind of dream I want Maureen from Barry to have tonight. Uh, let's say hi to Gary here in Toronto. Gary, yes, welcome yeah, aboard, well, sir. How are you? I'm fine. First of all, Richard, I, w- I wanted to thank you. Uh, I've sent you emails asking for information about shows, and you've been very prompt with your uh, replies, and I really appreciate that. Oh, well, I, I aim to please, sir. I, sometimes uh, they, uh, they, I get buried under the, uh, underneath the emails, and there's no climbing out, but I do the best I can. So yeah, I'm glad I was able to help you out. I'm, I'm glad for that. Now, your, your screener uh, condensed it down to, to uh, fake news, but basically what it is is just the frustration that I find, and I'm sure a lot of listeners to your show have found, when you cite facts to people, like, for instance, you know, Paul Williams cited, you know, he has all those footnotes, and you check them in cite facts, and you still have people who dismiss it as well as not true. Like, for instance, the Federal Reserve being privately owned. I have people right. I talk to, and they say, no, it's, it's government. I said, no, it's not. You know, and I just wanted to express that. But I must, you must find the same thing, then, because sometimes when you're talking to people, they dismiss facts as conspiracy. Sure, sure. That's that's uh, the way that term is being used now. It's a it's a cudgel uh, yeah. to to beat down uh, someone, metaphorically speaking, of course. At least I hope <laughs> it's metaphorical. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, to stifle to stifle debate. Well, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, uh, why do people believe in conspiracies? Because conspiracies actually happen from time that's to time. True. That's why. That's that. Yeah, that, that's correct, and, and that's. The problem is that once you dismiss as conspiracy theorists, then there's no more investigation on their part. They are, they just dismiss it. And I, I guess I'm losing faith in the abilities of, of human beings to reason because I find, you know, the ad hominem argument is used, dismisses a conspiracy theorist, or they'll just, they want to believe what, but they want to believe and it doesn't matter, you know, what facts you present to them. You know, and I, I find it pretty frustrating. That's all. That's basically well. People that are that are asleep, uh, sometimes it's best not to try and wake them. They used to say that about sleepwalkers. You know, if you wake, try to wake them, uh, it, it may not end well. So maybe that's the lesson. Is uh, what's that line Jesus said? You know, to the, his disciples as he sent them out into the world. Uh, you know, um, if, you know, if they don't want to hear the message, just wipe the sand from your feet and keep on moving. Like, just get up and walk away. That's. I, I, I guess, yes. I guess when I was listening to, to Paul Williams, I was thinking there, I wonder if there is any hope because when you try to wake people up, they don't want to be woken up. And, you know, it makes me wonder how are we going to, you know, bring awareness where the people just want to, Go to work, come home, and kick, you know, cook their dinner and watch sports, and that's it. Um, well, anyway. because everything here is is temporal. Uh, the Earth, it, uh, this is ephemeral. And as a as a um, as a Christian, I, you know, I I believe that ultimately, 
good wins out in the end. And um, we may not see it played out here on Earth necessarily uh, in our lifetime, but ultimately the good good will triumph over evil. And that's what we're talking about here really is is evil. Uh, that's yeah. the ultimate conspiracy, right? And who, who is really running the world? And I, I think it's Satan. I think it is. Uh, he works through different people and different systems. Right, right. But uh, listen, I want to thank you for calling, Gary. I hope you'll call again sometime. We have to do open lines more often. Okay. Uh, we'll take a quick time out, come back, more calls. Await as we uh, head on into the second half of our open line section right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Just a reminder, I have a, uh, a newsletter now. It's a free monthly newsletter, and it's called Inner Sanctum. And uh, it's real easy to subscribe. All you need to do is register at my website. If you go to strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, you can do it right now. It'll take but a second, a few seconds. Once you're on the website, you'll notice at the top under the banner, in large blue letters, it just says, uh, sign up for my newsletter. Just click on that, enter your name, first name, last name, and your email address. And then, bingo, bango, every month you'll start receiving Inner Sanctum uh, once a month. It'll r- arrive right in your email inbox. It's absolutely free. And uh, again, all you need to do is register. Now, the bonus is, once you register for the newsletter, that you'll get, and December's issue is just days away. So uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you've missed October, November, but you can still get on board now for the December issue before that goes out, uh, strangeplanet.ca. And then in, in addition to getting the free newsletter, you'll also be automatically entered into the draw for, it's a monthly draw for Strange Planet gear, T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, Socks, phone cases, tote bags, uh, and more. And really cool designs. Uh, in fact, if you go to the, the, uh, the bottom of the strangeplanet.ca website, you'll see a button for my store. You can click on that. So again, sign up. It's quick. It's easy. You get the newsletter for free and you get a chance to win some really cool, uh, strange planet merch. All right, uh, before we head back to uh, open lines, and thank you uh, for those waiting on the line and being patient, uh, I, want, I saw this story. This is amazing. Uh, out of China, Reuter, Reuters is reporting that China is aiming to complete and start generating power from an experimental nuclear fusion reactor by around 2040. Nuclear fusion, folks. We're talking about, it's like harnessing the power of the sun. We're not talking nuclear fission, which is the, uh, the current, uh, mode of producing nuclear energy. A senior scientist involved in the project said, as it works to develop and com- commercialize a game-changing source of clean energy, China is preparing to restart its stalled domestic nuclear reactor program after a three-year moratorium on new approvals, but at, a, but at a state laboratory in the city of Hefei, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, or Hefei, in China's Anhu, Anhu province, uh, scientists are looking beyond crude atom splitting 
in order to pursue nuclear fusion, where power is generated by combining nuclei together, an endeavor likened by skeptics to putting the sun in a box. While nuclear fusion could revolutionize energy production with pilot projects targeting energy output at 10 times the input, think about that, energy output 10 times the input. That's what we call overunity, folks. No fusion project has up to now created a net energy increase. Critics say commercially viable fusion remains 50 years in the future. China has already spent around 6 billion yuan or 893 million dollars on a large donut shaped installation known as a tokamak, which uses extremely high temperatures to boil hydrogen isotopes into a plasma, fusing them together and releasing energy. If that energy can be utilized, it will require only tiny amounts of fuel and create virtually no radioactive waste. Okay, well, we will track that with interest. Nuclear fusion. That would definitely be a, uh, a game changer. All right, uh, let's say hi to, uh, here's another guy, James from Toronto. Hello, James. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Welcome aboard. Um, I, I'm not going to really uh, detail it too much, but um, it, it concerns the correctional system in Toronto. All right, the Toronto City Jail? Uh, yeah, uh, Toronto South, sir. Okay. And um, so um, I have a, a thing called an intermittent sentence. And All right. I, I have to go to uh, over the weekends. But when I get there, I, I, I get treated unfairly. How do you mean? They treat me like uh, like I have court or something the next day. I don't follow. What do you mean they treat you like you have court? What does that mean? Well, but basically it means like I, I go there and then they wake me up. I only get like four hours, if, if I'm lucky, of sleep. And then they wake me up and then they they give me this orange jacket and stuff like that to wear and well set me off court. <laughs> that's that's traditional prison garb is it not well i i understand that sir but then i've i've heard people tell me that um um they they don't get they go to court at uh six o'clock in the morning and they don't get back till 10 o'clock at night all right but that's not happening to you. You're, you're not going to court. You've already been tried and sentenced, right? And you're serving weekends? Yes, sir. Now, I don't know what you did. I don't need to know what you did, James. But the fact that you're serving your sentence on weekends seems to me to be a pretty good shake. That's not something that is afforded to most convicted criminals, as far as I know. I don't know what's going on with them waking you up at, uh, did you say, four in the morning? About that, yes, sir. Right, right. Not sure what's going on there. But aside from that... I also uh, have a question, sir. Okay. I heard that the Ontario government 
the the Ontario government, like, because I know like how prisons are uh, privatized and stuff like that. But the the Ontario government makes eighty dollars off of each inmate every day. Never heard that before. And our prisons aren't privatized here, as far as I know. I know they are in the United States to a certain extent, but not here. In fact, you're costing the taxpayer a considerable amount of money. I would I would think. So no. Unless someone can show me documents proving otherwise, I would have to say that's that's not true. James, thank you for the call, and okay. uh, all thank the best. Much, sir. My mom said right, hi, by you. the way. Well, you say uh, hello and Merry Christmas right back. Okay, thank you very much, Thank sir. you so yeah. much. All right, God bless. Okay, uh, let's see. Do we have time for one more? Melanie, Hi, why not? wishing everybody hey. a blessed Christmas and a happy New Year's while I still have time on the phone. Uh, I'm gonna, right. uh, this man just jotted my, uh, uh, my memory about something that I'm aware of, but I just wanted to call and say we shouldn't be afraid of aliens or nuclear fission or whatever that'll kill us. What's gonna kill us is the collapse of our institutions because trust is being lost in them. And if we lose trust in our institutions, people become depressed. We know depression is a very big thing in around the world because people have lost their hope. When you can't trust your government, you can't trust to get justice, you can't trust... And sometimes people are dismissed when they, like you said, conspiracy. They're not conspiracies, they're insights, which I believe some want to label that. Label that. But just to let you know, I'm a senior citizen from the East Bloc originally, from Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know, I never thought that I would see in this country the injustice and experience the uh, lack of concern for people. You know where money is wasted in our economy? It's not even the jails. It's police officers who are wonderful and they're great. But then there are those who are not and who do false arrests. The money that it costs to arrest somebody falsely out of vengeance, out of anger, out of abuse, out of ignorance, and then having to put them through the court system. That's what we have to investigate. How many arrests are made frivolously, which then end up in court wasting even thousands of dollars, and, you know, and, and it needed not be. That needed not to happen. So we wasted $100,000 on false arrests. Now, that's something that you could inquire and find out, whether it's uh, in the news programs or investigative journalism. How much money is wasted on false arrests where people are proven innocent just to keep the numbers going with the arrests and keep the coffers filled? Mm. This is well. Where- that's, it's a good question. Per- I don't know. I have no. I've got to well, run I here, tell you Melanie. A but it's a personal story that would shock I got, you. Oh, another time, we'll have to another do that. Time, but thank now, you. No, maybe on a, in okay. an email. All right, got to run. Thank have you, Melanie. God bless. Evening. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Yeah, I don't know what the data is. I haven't seen any data. False arrests. Who's to say? Does it happen? Absolutely. Uh, is it the norm? By no means. Uh, anyway, we'll. Um, We'll get to Phil from West Virginia when we come back. What's on Phil's mind? We shall find out when The Conspiracy Show continues. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. You're still up. Thanks for the company. We had an earlier caller wondering about what to do about the state of the world and how 
according to Paul Williams, our guest in the first hour. The uh, the elites, the powers that be, the Rockefellers, if we're going to name them, the Rockefellers have everything locked down. They own the Monopoly board. We are nothing but useless eaters. What can we do? How can we fight back? And uh, I've been sitting here thinking about that, and I, a song popped into my head. I played it the other night, uh, bumper music on Coast to Coast, uh, Willie Nelson's son. Is it Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real? That's his band. If you've not, if you've never heard them, Lucas sounds a lot like the old man, I have to tell you. The song was called Turn Off the News and Build a Garden. And, uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense because we do get a lot of despair through the news. It's the same story right it just gets recycled the names change maybe and the dates change but the same processes seem to be at work over and over and over and we're just on this hamster wheel going round and round wondering how we can possibly get off so sometimes not always it's important to listen to the news and get updates especially local news but a lot of the the, the national and international news i believe is manipulated and it's fraught with Errors of omission and fakery and so forth. And it can wear you down. And so sometimes we need to decompress. So turn off the news and then focus the attention on, well, Lucas Nelson talks about building a garden, which you can do. Sure, grow a garden. My mother-in-law talks about gardening as therapy. She likes to go out and take some pruning shears and do a little weeding. It's therapy for her. So building a garden is good. Also just doing good works. Volunteer, especially at Christmas. But it's true. Even if we, at this time of year, because our minds and our hearts tend to be focused on doing good works, it should happen all year round, I know, but we, we tend to think about it, I think, more at Christmas. At least I do. I'm guilty of that. But sometimes it's important to try and take on even more than you think you can manage in terms of trying to alleviate suffering in the world. That's ultimately, I think, how we win. That's how we fight back. Turn off the news, build a garden. Phil from West Virginia is on the air. How are you, Phil? Well, thank you, Richard. Uh, I'm doing well. I taught physics for 40 years, so when I heard your uh, China fusion news, I hope something comes out of that. I believe cold fusion was suppressed, which is very sad that technology is often used against us instead of being used for us. Now, hang on. Let me ask you something. Since you brought up cold fusion and, of course, Pons and Fleischmann supposedly figured out how to achieve cold fusion, and then it was later, as you say, suppressed. It was stated that, no, they didn't achieve it. They sort of went back and forth on that. So you're saying that Pons and Fleischmann did in fact achieve it and it was suppressed? Yes, I believe so. I don't believe they totally understood what was going on and that's why they were easily attacked. But there were other people that did variations of what they did in the lab and got more energy out than what they put in. And when you get more energy out, (laughs) as in this cold fusion news, you've got something that has great potential. Over unity, over unity. Now, you taught physics for 40 years? 
Yes, I'm a substitute teacher now, but I taught high school okay. physics, biology, chemistry, all the sciences. Did you happen to hear our program last week with Paul LaViolette? No, actually, I don't usually tune into this station. I've heard you on coast, and I don't think I don't think things happen by chance. I think it was appointed that I was to turn this on and, and hear you because I have something important that I really want to bring to your attention. Okay, I'm going to get you to hold on, if I can. Just hold on, because I want to hear what you have to say. We're going to take a time out here, and we'll get back to Phil from West Virginia. Beautiful state, by the way. I took the boys on a baseball road trip down to uh, Cincinnati. Then we went to Pittsburgh, but we drove through West Virginia, and uh, Wheeling, West Virginia. Beautiful, beautiful state. I want to go back there sometime. Anyway, uh, Phil from West Virginia, physics teacher for four decades has something important to tell us and we'll get to that call right after this my name is richard serrett you're listening to the conspiracy show stay with us providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions this is the conspiracy show with richard serrett on zoomer radio just a reminder, my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, drops three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you can subscribe and listen at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. All right, back to Phil from West Virginia, physics teacher for 40 years, who has something uh, pressing to tell us. Phil, go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, thank you very much. I was listening to Paul Williams, and I sensed the... Uh desperation both in in his voice and in your voice in other words what can we do and and i thank you for saying that, that that there is hope and that you have to do something so i'm just going to give you a a touch of of what i have here that's important for everyone especially in in america but there are repercussions for people in canada also and that is that after a five-year legal battle, um, I have an arbitration award, which is a permanent injunction against the federal government. Um, we ask them to show their authority to do many of the things that they're doing, which we know there are no constitutional authorities. And uh, when they wouldn't answer, um, we took it to arbitration, and we have an arbitration award, which like I said, is a, a permanent injunction. And it was filed on behalf of all American people. In other words, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a uh, class action suit or a key TAM. And so it, at this point... Injunction right, against what, though? What, what does the injunction prevent the government from doing going forward? Well, the injunction is an order, and it's an order for the federal government to provide remedy and relief because they were found to be in violation of the contract, which is called the Constitution. So, like I say, we took it to a third-party independent arbitrator, um, which is something that is lawful and legal, okay? Uh, As a matter of fact, it was just recently upheld in the U.S. Supreme Court, and Kavanaugh wrote the decision. Uh, It goes back to... Uh, pre-biblical times, and even Solomon was a, an arbitrator when when the two women went to him uh, 
saying that the, a child was, you know, each each claimed ownership right. of the child, and of course he acted as an arbitrator. Or people go to someone sure. like Judge but Judy. And Phil, and, what does this mean though, in practical terms? People listening saying, "Okay, so what does this mean, really? What is it? What? what so what's the result of this?" The result is that those who opt in, those who actually uh, believe that the government should be held accountable and have this injunction, can actually exercise um, relief from it. Uh, they would have immunity from the government since the government wouldn't have uh, a legal means to control them. In other words, when when there's a contract, when you have a contract with someone and the contract is broken, um, you can offer a new contract. And that's what we actually did. And the arbitrator agreed that the contract that they had was breached and that our contract was lawfully um, submitted and the government didn't argue the point about our contract. So what, you, what is your contract uh, with with the government? Does it, does it have anything to do with income tax? Uh, yes, it does. Income tax, uh, land ownership, it provides uh, land patent ownership for land. Um, it, it's like this, uh, uh, Richard. If, if a ambassador uh, or someone who has a diplomatic immunity comes to this country, they are not subject to the laws of the country because they are not party to the Constitution, you see. Right. Okay. Right. So so there is a dedicated website that, that I wish you and people would look at because every American has the opportunity to opt in. 1,500 okay. people plus have. And the next thing will be uh, in, uh, a settlement for enforcement, which will be done in Congress uh, starting in January. So it, it's just an option for people who believe that government should be held accountable, and if government uh, doesn't live up to their uh, side of the contract, then you actually have the legal lawful right to to offer a new contract. And we so you so you have fifteen hundred people who have what basically opted out and are no longer paying income tax. Is that the idea? Well, that that's what will happen with it, with when the uh, award is is uh, settled. In, in either uh, the U.S. legislature by a bill on the private side or by an executive order that we are giving Trump. We're giving him the opportunity to do it by executive order, but it can be done uh, by the uh, United States legislature for remedy. And but, what, but, Phil, what happens if 300 Americans, well, tax-paying Americans would be, what, 100 and however many million Americans pay taxes, what if they all opt out? Well, uh, this gives uh, this puts the government on notice, and I would like to see them clean up their act so that I could contract with them. You follow me? In other words, yeah. 18, there have been 18 unconstitutional wars since I was born in 1950. Now, for me to fund the government to have unconstitutional wars, um, that's actually, I think, pretty immoral, isn't it? I would agree. I would agree. Or for me to find, I think, I think most aspects of the, I think most aspects of income tax are immoral. Quite frankly, it's coercion. As a matter of fact, income tax is not even constitutional. <laughs> okay. yeah, I have heard that argument. So, uh, so do you want to give us the website? Do you want to give us the website, sure, Phil? Sure. The website is hudok h u d o k dot info. Hudok 
H-U-D-O-K.info. It's a dedicated website uh, for the five-year battle and the final fruition uh, that we had. So please take a look at it, uh, Richard, and, and I would love to do a show with you sometime. Are you the con- Do you have a contact uh, on the website where we can reach you? Yes, there is a question and uh, a email that you can send questions to. So just direct it to me. I'm Phil, Phil Hudock. So you can direct the question to me, and then I will. That's how you can get to me because I don't want to give out my my phone. No, number. understood. Yeah. Well, Phil, I'll be in touch because I would like to drill down a little deeper on this. And uh, maybe uh, certainly get you on the podcast in the short term, and then who knows, long term, who knows? The sky's the limit. All right, Phil. Thank Fascinating. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. I'm going to try and squeeze Glenn in from our nation's capital. Glenn is in Ottawa. Glenn, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Uh, good evening, Mr. Stark. Thanks very much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, my pleasure. A little off topic here tonight, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm 63 years old, and I wanted to get something off my chest. Uh, I guess it's concerning uh, disclosure. When I was 15 years old, I had a sighting. I was with two other people. And um, when we returned to my home, of course, we were pretty excited, and we started explaining it to my parents and they laughed us out of the house very quickly, so I learned to keep my mouth shut, and I was able to uh, keep a top-secret clearance for most of my life, but I've never told anybody about what happened that, that night. And this uh, sighting was um, up close and personal. There was no question about what we had seen. And, Richard, if it ever happens to you, the first thing that will come in your mind is, this is not of this earth. Um, uh, I don't know um, how, how long I'm you know, going to be around, but I just wanted to tell you um, um, what happened. And the question remains in my mind. You know, this issue of disclosure, uh, we discuss it, and, uh, you know, R- Richard, we have uh, the Americans, we have the Canadians, but what about everybody else in the world? Wouldn't someone come out and say, yeah, guys, the gig is up? Well, people are starting to say the gig is up, and the Navy in the United States is kind of being dragged a little bit, kicking and screaming in that direction. Now they have this other, this new protocol for their Navy pilots where it's easier for them to report, uh, these sightings. And of course we are seeing some major movement with the media as of December 2017 in that New York Times article about the uh, advanced aerial threat assessment program. Uh, so things are moving actually, uh, well, relative to other years, you might even say at a breakneck speed. Previously, it was at a glacial speed. However, listen, Glenn, I'm, I'm sadly I'm out of time. I'd like you to call again. I'm going to do um, in uh, in two weeks, uh, the 15th, the 22nd of December. I'm going to do more open lines. I'm going to do another hour. I hope you'll call in and you can tell us uh, some more details about your sighting. Oh, certainly. Thanks so much. Okay. Richard. Much appreciated. Glenn, thank you. All right. There. That's the date. December 22nd. We'll do uh, another hour of open lines. 
Okay, well, that is it for me. My thanks to Owen and uh, uh, Ryan, as always. Couldn't do it without you, boys. Gentlemen, I should say. And uh, in the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Or at least up the stairs. Good night.